Good morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Oh, oh. Here we are. I forgot my drink. Let's go. Curtis is in the building. Sorry. The um, I like the look you got going there. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's different. Different from my pineapple head. So, um, most days when I am um, trying to get Sam not to pull my hair or stuff like that, I'll bunch it up like here. It'll look like a little pineapple yeah. coming up from the top. I don't know if you can, something like that. And just like flop to the front. Might walk around like that. So, nice beanie. Yeah. Well, it's not really a be beanie, but it just keeps my ears warm. <laughs> it's not a beanie? Yeah, I don't know what they call it here in Australia. Fantastic device called a beanie. I don't know what... I don't know what they call it here in Australia, but I think it's like called... Um, usually find it in really cold temperature places. So it's like called a muffler or something. Something that keeps your ears warm. Ah... Oh, it blended in with your hair, see? I thought it was a full mm -hmm. head coverage. It blended in with your no. hair. So I no. thought it was a full head coverage. It's just laziness, mate. Just laziness. That was good, Mr. Nathan. <laughs> it was good. Doing well? Yeah, man. Doing well. Yeah, Spent the morning with my boy, so... Yeah, is that good? Super enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. And my sister came to visit too, which was fun. Uh -huh. So, yeah. Mm. So that was good. And you just woke up? Yeah, not long ago. Just enjoying the holidays now. Oh, yeah. Happy holidays. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I'm looking forward to a bit of rest and relaxation for a bit. Try to at least, and um, mm, first, some, uh, um, first term as chaplain, right? Yeah, first term as chaplain, man. It's uh, I don't, yeah, it was good. It was very interesting. Learned a few different things, and um, part of it was more actually learning out the like the after work routine rather than actually the work routine the after which is interesting routine. Mm. it's more All like right. the self-care stuff and um how important that is yeah um stretching yourself especially yeah. just yeah you get a lot more because um, you give i assume because i guess you would know it's just like the emotional energy and 
mental focus yeah. you would have to need uh, for that. But uh, yeah, that's the uh, the focus this holiday is to recharge and not get complacent. How are you gonna recharge? Uh, I got some things planned to just retreat away by myself and just relax and just not have to do any obligations, I guess. Apart from obviously Easter, Easter. But um, I think um, just finding that chunk of time to just like switch off from like rushing to things, which is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I think very interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how much uh, you realize, yeah, people's expectation define your routine sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Your whole life can revolve around people, eh? As a result of that, fear man. Ooh, yeah. That's a thing in and of itself, eh? Hmm? That's a thing in and of itself that we all got to deal with. Oh, yeah. It's a crazy one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So talk to me about this water thing you've been thinking about. So obviously, has that been through prayer and contemplation? Or? Yeah, well, it's it's been, um, I think, the last couple of months, potentially, or more. Um, just been, I don't know, I can't remember where exactly it started, but I think it was just, uh, I was just journaling about <clears throat> a dream I had, like when I was like 13, 13, 14, maybe, or 15. Yeah. Um, like the dream still so vivid. I still remember it to this, to this day. Um, and still has still hasn't um kind of left my thoughts and so <clears throat> the kind of the dream goes um stuck in a bathroom not stuck in a bathroom going to the bathroom in in our old place where you we used to live in queensland and um just normal things you do in the bathroom just to go and have a shower or bath or whatever and then uh see this um see this I guess serpent like thing yeah coming towards me with a very, very distinct colour. Um I just remember like trying to just like as I despise snakes. I'm not really a fan. So I was just trying to retreat. Literally I try to retreat out one of the windows. Usually one of those windows that leads out onto a rooftop. And um, I usually just used to just go out there and just chill. And um, as I was climbing out or something, I remember like accidentally splashing water onto it and it like shrunk. And yeah, it was interesting. So I just kept doing that. And then the dream like stopped before I completed. So ever since then, like that image has been like, what does that even mean? And then just recently in the last three months or so, it's just like, water, 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 and all sorts of things, like reading about the story of Noah, discussions with mm. people just about that image of the um, water rising 
from the ground. Like just the thought of how we've just gotten so used to the miracle of rain that we forget how it originally, the design of how he actually watered and maintained the land was like springs coming up from um, beneath. And then um, just this image, I don't know if you ever were in one of the old school churches where, you know, those old hymn books, those red and blue hymn books. Um, I don't know if you, but there was like this image on the front of like water running from a throne and just kind of remind that More image like of Revelation that. And, style. Yeah, a relation style. And just like the image of like being planted in the scripture of being planted by living streams and um, yeah, that as well as then reading from Ezekiel 47 of like the water flowing from there out of the east gate mm-hmm. and into something else. Yeah. And in verse 11, like kind of catches your eye about how it's like the miry clay and the marshy places were still salty. So it's just kind of been playing on my mind for a while. And last prayer night on Wednesday, we went and the first Wednesday of every month we pray in the middle of Armadale. And one of the guys just literally just kind of spoke about like this image God of like God's like about to burst out this water and this rushing wind and just like, instead of trying to stand against it, like go with it no matter where it takes you. And just like, so this image of water just keeps coming up and like, I've been writing and journaling and just like so many verses and so many things come up. But I think one of the main ones is about, you know, the word being like, I think Galatians, um, I think it's Galatians. No, Ephesians, um, where it's, you know, that famous verse of like, um, you know, husbands submit to your wives and whatnot. But that verse 26 or something talks about like washing over with the word. And um, I think it's just like a real thing God's been kind of speaking about the idea of, yeah, like where are you finding us? Where are you finding your sustainability or your where you're finding your sustenance or your stability from and like just the image of just washing over and the image of just new birth and image of just like yeah just like I think a refreshment or a refining and a washing of things and I think that's been kind of what God's been revealing slowly and I think interesting thing that when we had the prayer night is that that came up again, that image again, and um, in prayer. So I think God, just from just observing and just thinking about the past of that image of the in my dream, I think yeah, God's just really wanting his. I think myself at least to kind of just get back into really knowing the flow yeah. and really knowing what He's doing because I think there's something coming that's. Yeah, that's kind of changed a lot of people. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I've had snake dreams, but not like yours, I guess. Um, mm. My dreams with snakes, I think for me, they've been kind of like a... Um, the ones I've paid attention to have been, I guess, a... 
What's the word for it? A warning sign or maybe like a pointer to say, because I myself don't like snakes. <laughs> um, mm. I think that I've, I've, when I've kind of had a dream where there was a snake in, it's meant um, for me, I think snakes in the dream, in the dream generally has meant that like a level, there's going to be a level of opposition and intimidation coming um, as opposition spiritually. So what I, that's usually what I've equated it to. And when I receive a, a dream like that, um, I'll usually just pay attention to what it is God is doing and how um, and and if and if there's a position then obviously um, to just be aware of that and and, and um, continue to just stay focused on Jesus and not be discouraged or mm. um, or anything like that mm. so I think for me the on a I think the last kind of big dream that I had about a snake was probably um, I saw this uh, massive white and red. I think the you looked like a carpet python, but it was like I was like this tiny little pip, right? And there's this like um, gigantic, uh, almost I don't know the size of um, it was probably the size of a mountain, kind of kind of yeah, snake wow. just staring at me from across a valley, right? Um, and then um, all of a sudden, um, there was like a, a darkness, like a shadow that came over me and I couldn't see, I couldn't mm -hmm. tell. Like, well, what the heck, something's surrounding me. And then it was like, um, you know, I didn't look up, but it felt comforting. It was like, it was a shadow of Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. And then the next thing I knew as that snake was looking at me and it was massive, like the size of the biggest mountain I could ever see, but obviously like a flatter mountain because it was like in that position, mm. it's about to strike, like the, it had coiled up. And the next thing I saw was just like a foot smacking its head and then mm. moving on and it was dead. Um, mm. And I always refer back to that every time I see... Uh, every time I guess I feel intimidated or if it comes up again, like there is the before mm. image and then there's the after image of that head being trampled um, and crushed. Um, but yeah, like I um so like one of the things that I love about dreams is that God speaks through them and that he, mm. um, you know, he, he has a way of doing that, which I was talking to one of our friends. Oh, we should probably do a podcast with him soon, maybe like a live. I don't know how we would do that. Um, yeah. Sunny Shen. Oh, yeah. Big so, and, um, big yeah, and, I actually talked to him about my dream and he oh, gave him some insight. Yeah. Yeah. I've, gone to, him about, <laughs> I've gone to him about some of this stuff too. Um, but yeah, and even that, that whole idea of, the fact that um, through Jewish culture, this was part of their tradition that when you get a dream, uh, pay attention to it because God might be talking to you. Mm. Hey, look at that. It's Mr. I'm John Bergman. Um, 
Yeah, so, and I think on the whole water thing, the last story that I um, looked into for a little while um, had been had been the story of Noah and also the the woman at the well, um, mm-hmm. and just seeing the some of the stuff that God was doing with water. It's been said I haven't looked specifically into this one, but up until Noah, it hadn't rained yet, so. Mm. Water in that space was used in a cleansing way um, to the detriment of mm. people and the death of a lot of people. It it was used in a, it's still to cleanse the earth. That's what God used to cleanse the earth. Mm. Um, but also, one of the other things I think that I see with the children of Israel that the water. Um, they passed through waters, which is one of the shadows of, of the baptism mm-hmm. into, yeah. uh, you know, out of slavery and into. So I guess that's part of the imagery that, that mm-hmm. is there that um, is borrowed from the Old Testament as a shadow of what it means to be baptized as a disciple of Jesus. Um, there is that yeah. from death to light, that to life, that new birth, no longer slaves to sin, to death, Hell, the grave, etc., and into new life, right? New life in in Christ, new life in this. Um, there's also the in the water. I think you mentioned Psalm one, which is uh, being planted by the streams of living water. And mm. uh, well, that's where my head went went to straight away. The those were planted um, in Psalm one. Blessed mm. are they, planted by the streams. Um, who's who's leaf are evergreen, you know. Um, so there is that su- sustaining part of the water, and especially the water that flows from the throne. So that's the other imagery as well is the water that flows from the throne of God, which I think is in um, a revelation. Um, it is in oops, it's in Revelation. Uh, where else is it? I don't think of. I haven't looked, I haven't seen it in Ezekiel, but um, there's definitely those aspects of it. Um, there's, there's also the the last one that I used. Um, well, the the last one that I that came back to mind was Jesus used water as a not just for cleansing, but to display the attitude of humility with which he would serve and continue to like lead the disciples in. He said, we use what he uses water to, you know, obviously for the new birth to sustain us, to cleanse us. Um, continually. Mm-hmm. But also there, there is that aspect of it that as, as a tool in, in the most powerful um, and the creator of the universe, it's actually there to serve, um, mm-hmm. to serve, to serve his disciples, people that are below him. So, um, yeah, I've been, um, that, that Ephesians verse, um, cleansing her by the word, I think it's a, it's a language in the New Living Translation, um, mm. cleansing her by the word, and, um, to make her holy. Mm. Um, so would you, I guess, would you, I guess, sort of connect this to a cleansing that is happening 
in your local church or do you feel like there's a little bit of, of a, I guess, a bigger washing by the word that's happening with um, the broader church? Yeah. Mm. Well, I think it'd be, I think it'd be very wise. Uh, I think deciding to first start with yourself. Um, and I think seeing what God is doing in that because, um, just like with many of the other people in the Bible and ourselves, it's like, take out that log in your eye first. Like what's he trying to cleanse? And I think for me personally, I think it's, um, there's been, I think like with the stepping away from doing youth ministry and the kind of less of involvement leadership wise, I guess you could say with church, <clears throat> But also comes you get caught up in the business and the machinery of work, and it sometimes will replace um, or would become a substitute for your faith. And I think, to be honest, I think firstly God's just like, bro, you need to like cleanse and like I guess with the the priests and stuff back in the old school days, not as intensely, but I think it's just like the idea of getting yourself right and getting your mind, getting your rhythm of, as you know, Eugene Peterson says, like getting back into rhythms of grace um, is, I think, the first call. And I think that's a, an indiv individual call for mm. people. Yeah, And then obviously as the body of Christ, I think it's, like I think probably flow on later on into what we talk later on. It's just like, it's actually understanding and knowing your Bible, but also not really um, taking it for granted um, and taking those things that we as, as a Christian, as a pastor's kid growing up through church, you know, of verses, you know, of the famous ones, but you never stop to actually just think like, what does that actually mean? Like, you never actually stop to think, like, you know, the big, huge, famous one, John 3.16, for God's love of the world. Um, like, in the context of that time, what does the world actually mean? Like, what is the idea of, like, we just throw it out there, it's just like a nice Christmas card that you can give to someone or whatever. Like, but, like, there's a, that word love has a lot of weight to it. And I think it's just reminding me, I think, God, the idea of just cleansing the water is just like, like it says in Ephesians 26, uh, 5, 26, to make her holy. Like, it's to make you holy again by the cleansing and washing. Um, and I think that's a call to individuals, to call to the church again is just from observation, I think it, there's just too much, like we're doing it on Instagram now, but there's too much 15 second like nuggets that we're just like fast food yeah. and we're not actually being cleansed. We're like just, you know, just over the sink, just wash your face and keep going rather than actually having a shower. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, which then obviously like if you think about it in that sense, logically, like, yeah, sure, you might look nice, but, like, you still stink. 
like <laughs> there's still aspects that you know that need to you actually need to have a full cleansing and full washing a full re undoing of everything to be able to have that confidence and not be second guessing like oh do I stink or because that's not the original design is to actually just be fully who God's made you to be um so yeah the first thing that stands out from Ephesians is like to make her holy like to make like I'm oh, talking about the bride talking about the church but also you could probably apply that to yourself where yeah you have to like cleanse yourself in that um and I think it's something we like just in growing up from a pastor's kid to like teenager and like maybe 10 or 15 years ago the idea of just like getting around the word was such a huge and big deal and heavy and like get into a journaling like journaling in church like people would have their journals out when I was a teenager writing notes and stuff and that was normal like the cultural shift of just like um this idea of just like oh no like freedom the idea of just like oh you know I'll do what suits me yeah I'll do what actually makes me feel better then it's yeah I don't know then when you have that mentality of like oh, I'll figure out myself and not actually do some real hard work on that you have kids at school who ask you like what you, what's this whole story about like Mary a virgin and how did she get pregnant like and then as a christian it's like like it says in scripture like be ready like <laughs> uh to actually say like to like to be ready to actually um or so what's the phrasing i don't really remember exactly but be so ready like to an answer a response for the hope yeah. yeah exactly so like either right yeah and so to come to that point like actually you have to know your bible again and you have to be cleansed in that and so i think from that it starts i think firstly individual and i think the church just actually it's just a natural overflow of that like the early church it started with them just actually seeking god individually themselves and then mm. goes from there that's yeah. how i feel about it so it kind of, it's like you can't just like talk about it and then just like oh it's about them like you have to start Within. with you well yeah yeah I, i've kind of always believed for me um that when we talk about the church um which <laughs> is uh, i guess one of the things that um I don't, i'm still i'm still trying to work through it because we have because the church itself the church has been institutionalized um, as an organization, organism, um, there's a lot of baggage that that word comes with, and it's mm. less it's less organic than it used to be. So, mm. um, what up, Fleek? What up, John? By the way, somebody who makes my head hurt when he tries to explain things, John Bergman, right there. I see you, buddy. I see you. Um, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been turned into this. Whenever anybody mentioned the church, it's a faceless institution that mm -hmm. can only be, or generally has only been associated with the organization, the building, 
and then the few leaders at the top because that's who you can generally see. And mm. a lot of the time, culture is a lot more about what you can see rather than what you can't see. So right now we're using the we're using this platform to record this, but there are there are computers, algorithms, people maintaining those computers, all of, all of it in the background. We get this, mm. but that's just at the surface. So um, I've kind mm. of always believed that the church, when we talk about the church, the church, I would be referring to me, I'd be referring to, like if you start bagging out the church, it's every single person that calls Jesus Lord. It's not a mm. thing because... And and it's easier to, if we are referring to a building, to talk about a building, bag it, because it's faceless, right? But when you put a person's mm. face in front of you, then it becomes harder for most people to try and be as mean as they would be or unkind as they would be um, if they had a f person's face in front of me. We automatically start filtering things when um, we're dealing with a yeah. person. So... Yeah, I agree with you. Say, look in, you know, look at the log in your own eye kind of thing, and be cleansed by the word of Jesus. So, there is a level of, um, my friend calls it the there's a level of self brainwashing that we've got to go through, so that um, mm. we don't come to the recorded words of Jesus having a a preconceived, like obviously be aware of it because we're all going to have a certain bias, but um, hold that, hold that up in, and, and be aware of it. And then also allow, allow the character of Jesus as he's passed down to be, um, to speak for himself. Um, mm. So, yeah, so the, there's been, there's been a little bit of that. So, and and that and that's where I guess the um, I am constantly asking myself whether or not the nature and the core of who I am um, is exposed to Jesus for that transformation to happen, and mm -hmm. and so the, mm -hmm. that exposition to Jesus because be being cleansed by the word that's the effect that water like you, you we use water to clean things so that they are used mm -hmm. again. Um, for, you know, I'm thinking about dishes. We clean our dishes so we can reuse them to eat food, to be nourished. So the water has its... So if the word of God uh, passed down through, as you know, the, the, the Bible is the is what washes us, the cleansing of the word washes us, then as much exposition and as much, yeah, being exposed to that as much as possible, I think, is what's best for anybody who calls Jesus. I think it's uh, Pastor mm. Dave. What up, Dave? What up, Dave? <laughs> I think it's Pastor Dave who, um, I remember one of the things that he said, probably a couple, um, two years ago, that he was um, talking about vision. He says that being a Christian means living um, as if Jesus is king. And so... Mm. There are yeah. a whole new set of rules. Um, well, there's, that's a whole brand new context from which we live. That's a brand new context from which we're nourished. Um, we are mm. framing 
the world, pain, suffering, finance, relationships—that's a brand new thing. And so, what stood out about Christians is that they were so different, and have stood out <clears> about Christianity is that they were so they would just go so different, countercultural, except for the times where they decided to take on more of the culture outside of them than the culture of God. So mm. that's what's been attractive about Christianity. And so when Jesus is cleansing us by his word, um, I'm excited. And I think, mm. yeah, for sure it's happening in the broader church. There is a discontentment that's happening with just the fluffy stuff that's been. Um, mm. And and looking for maybe, you know, more substance, you know? And so mm. for, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to thinking through things and then what that means with regards to communicating to other people, uh, mm. that's super important for sure. Like how do you explain um, the virgin birth, which, and, and don't just take it for granted. And I think that's one of the other things as well is, with things like the virgin birth, which is absolutely mind-blowing and out of this world, um, to just say it as if, oh, yeah, by the way, but the virgin birth, which happens, um, it kind of loses its awe, the awe, that, the mystery, the wonder that is with mm. you, that a young teenage girl yeah, teenager happened to be pregnant by the power of God, and through her would come a baby who mm. would live to become the way through which humanity would have salvation. That that's insane. That's insane to think about. That all of that yeah. is being orchestrated in some in some remote place where. Um, yeah, like in some remote place of the world where mm. no one actually cares about it. Like where Jesus was born and grew up, it's like some people refer to it as the armpit of, of Israel or, um, you know, mm. when, when uh, I think it's when Nathan comes and gets called by his friend or his brother. Um, you know, he says, can anything good come out of that <laughs> Like that's that's just a saying that people, you know, it's like me saying, mm. "Oh, in Armadale, <laughs> or in or in Vargo, or in um, Geraldton, yeah. you just you just know the stuff that goes on there. It's like, well, mm. yeah, a lot of good things, um, mm. even though some of the locals might say otherwise. So um, there's a little bit of that going on. It's like it's in the worst, some of the worst place, um, in under one of the most, you know, like excruciating um, and bad dictatorships that is ha that this is all happening under the one of the, the mm. worst empires which glories itself in being able to torture people that's what's happening that, that's a context of um, mm. and, and, and then beyond that it's like it's a world which doesn't want anything to do with God we've made up our own gods we've made up our own idols that's where God who created the universe decides mm. I'm gonna I'm going to enact this plan that I've had for centuries and it's not gonna come in the way that we know it. Um 
Mm. It's, it's not. It's not. It's going to come with humility. It's going to come mm. with uh, with gentleness, with meekness, with lowliness. Um, mm. You know, the king is not going to be riding on a horse and breaking down and killing people left and right. So no, he's going to come on a donkey. He's going to walk through Jerusalem. Mm. His triumph comes as death. Mm. All right. So. There's a lot, there's, yeah, there's definitely a lot in there that, um, you know, if we, if we are being cleansed, um, it digs so much deeper. And I think, mm. I think, I think it, it would mean becoming uh, more, I guess, real as, you know, becoming more real as, as people that, Everything that all that everybody else is looking for outside in the world, they will be able to have a level of of like I can see that in you, whatever it is in my soul has been looking for, um, which is really God. Whatever it is that my soul has been looking for and searching for, by me trying to accumulate and gain the whole world, uh, maybe materially, maybe financially, maybe through good reputation, friendships, being loved by people, whatever, whatever it is that I've been trying, like it's, it's not satisfied. And you seem to have that thing because your nature is different. So what is that thing? Um, mm. Yeah. I always think about that verse. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world? But lose his soul. Yeah. And I think that's <clears throat> like just thinking even about that verse alone, just like that phrasing of what does it profit a man? Like that mindset we have of like, it's about me, that mindset of it's about not what God wants or what God is trying to get, mm. but it's about what I can get. Mm. Um, yeah. Sure. And like you were saying about, yeah, I think you were just, jump to mind that verse 11 of Ezekiel 47 um, like describes the water flowing out and bringing healing like life to the salty uh, water and stuff and that verse of the marsh and the miry clay of like still being stagnant and still being salty and not no yeah. life there at all yeah like is is quite scary to think because when you read when you're reading scripture like well when I read scriptures, like how does this apply to me first? That's and right. it's like, what are those things? And like you're saying, like being raw, being honest and letting everything be cleansed. Yeah. Um, I think is a very, it's a scary thought, but it's also a very helpful one to think about in the sense of just being made holy. Like it's not like, it's not, by works obviously it's not by yeah. like trying to 10 day plan anything That's right. or whatever it's like as simple as getting into the word and yeah yeah i think it's just i think we overcomplicate it oh <laughs> um way too much it's like just read the bible just actually dig deeper and be cleansed in that way by renewing of your mind um and then just like you were talking about, oh, 
the um, virgin birth and stuff. And I think we get so caught up in like explaining to our own Christian friends about being stuck in our echo chamber and just throw away those phrases that we're kind of used to. But like try explaining that to a 15 year old teenager girl, like that actually happened. <laughs> and they'll, <laughs> they'll tell you the reality of people actually understanding that. And it's like, what do you mean? Like, like that doesn't make sense at all like what yeah okay cool but like what like yeah and i think it's it's just so used like i'm just so used to our our own voices so much there's like yeah bro it's actually like the reality is people don't understand what you're talking about like actually just like this, you know, you could throw in the line like there's an element of, you know, faith and understanding other, and knowing the context and the story up to that point. Yes, definitely helps. And, but like trying to explain that in 30 minutes to a, a teenager. Yeah. I was like, no, like, and so like being in the word and being in that secret place with God, like you might not be able to explain the whole story. You might not have the logical thing, but, there'll be something that you, you'll drop. Like you said, they'll be like, Oh, okay. What's, who's this guy? Like, why is this person? And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think it's just, for me, it's just like really, just really sparked in me after those conversations with kids at work. It's just like, we like, man, we overcomplicate these things. Sometimes we're just like, need to be okay with not knowing. Um, and I'm sticking to a formula. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, I haven't fully understood it or fully got my grasp around it. But I get the feeling that if you're constantly like being in the Word and cleansed and being made holy, that you know, the Holy Spirit is just really going to use you and flow through your words and whatever you're saying. Absolutely. And my, yeah, and so yeah, I just. I think it's a huge, it's a huge, huge need. I think I know it's just observing teenage teenagers and youth and even young adults. It's like, there's a lack of like, what's the word? Um, like biblical literacy or even understanding, or like just even getting into the word. Is that just um... like, Oh, so that's for Christian young adults and teens? Well, that's what I'm observing, but, like, it could be more than that. But just, like, just even, like, I was talking, like, months ago, just hanging out with some people, and I just talked about what we were talking about over a podcast about, like, over-spiritualization or over-spiritualizing things. And it was just like the, the question they asked was, what do you mean by over-spiritualizing? And I'm like, like, I thought it was kind of, is, is it like too foreign of a concept or does that kind of make sense? Because I thought it was just like, it would make sense if you just said over-spiritualizing. But like, yeah. just the, just the uh, I don't know. It's just like, Yeah. And again, I don't, yeah, obviously my point of view is different and kind of my 
context of my story up to this point is different. But like the simple things of like understanding each other or understanding the word, I think need to be brought back. I think, I feel like yeah. just like a broken bit. Well, there's, um, I think, yeah, I think, I think from what you're saying, uh, what I'm getting is like there's a, there's an overcomplication of things. Like things are made to be more complex than, than they supposed mm. to be, or even lend themselves to be with God. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, that's pretty pretty accurate. I think, and that makes sense though, because we, um, when something is more complicated than it seems, then we don't have to take responsibility for acting on it. Mm. Whereas if something is simple, then we have less excuses, right? Like love your mm. neighbor as yourself. Who is your closest neighbor, whoever you're in proximity to and what does loving them look like? Serve them, right? That's it. <laughs> mm. Um, and I would say one of the really interesting things in, um, in this, and it might be helpful, it might not be helpful for other people, is that you go, oh, well, so how do I love them? Now, Jesus gives us a good Samaritan story. He gives, the, um, he gives us the, the example of if you, you know, if somebody needs a coat, give them a coat. If somebody needs food, just give them food, like simple stuff like that. Um, mm. And we turned it into find out what everybody's Enneagram number is and their love language. It's like, bro, just love people. <laughs> you know, so like, <laughs> like if I have to go and find out your Enneagram number or your love languages, it, mm. creates, a, it creates a degree of complexity because then I have to wait a little bit longer before I can act. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It gives you the uh, buffer of an excuse. Oh, yeah. I don't have to do it right now. I'll do it once I know the love language. Um, yeah, so, and and this is where I think one of the things that um, I appreciate about you bringing this conversation up is because I heard a stat from a Keller, Tim Keller sermon Um mm an early 2000s sermon where he talks about two sociologists who did a survey across America. Um, in Australia, I don't think it would be that different, but there is a bit of a change in tra and that's happening now anyway in the church and the people of God, I would say. Um, but he talked mm. about these two sociologists who did a survey to, to look at um, 18 to 24 year olds attitudes and values towards uh, sex outside of marriage. And they took a sample mm. from people who grew up in families that don't care whether or not you have sex outside of marriage and the other group from families that value having sex within the confines of marriage. And these are, I think they were college students, 18 to 24. Um, and they found that the uh, students, like their likelihood of believing as well that sex outside of marriage 
uh, is wrong. It was 23% in the group that grew up with parents don't care, families don't care, like their culture mm. doesn't care. Uh, there's 28%, which is a negligible difference. And so, and in his mm. he was talking about whether or not uh, he was, he was, it was a sermon um, talking from the uh, from the story of Babylon, what Babylon means, which Babylon is a pluralistic society where you can have many religions as long as you just make sure you stick to your private one, you do yours, your personal one privately, mm-hmm. and when you're outside and in public, you just do what everybody else is doing. So pluralistic society, which is pretty similar to what we have today. And he's speaking to people in New York anyway, and he says like, that's what happens is that when you're in a culture like that, generally the people of God, what they have done is they have picked up the culture of the outside world, mm-hmm. um, adopted it, which is not what God said to them because he wrote in mm-hmm. Jeremiah telling them to pray for the city, contribute in the city, but be different. So Daniel was deeply involved in the city, him and his three friends, deeply involved in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much like government workers, for lack of a better word, similar to government workers today, but they were different. They stood out. They had the culture mm-hmm. of God um, in them, um, even though they were taken young and exiled young. Daniel, at 80 years old, he had the, 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 he was still cleansed by the word of God in the sense of mm-hmm. he still worshipped the one and only true God and Mm. And though he contributed to Babylon, you know, like you had in those days people that would, I guess, um, by the way, if this live breaks off, just like restart another one. Invested um, news mm. now. If um, and so in those days, if your people group were attacked and and defeated by another people group, you had two options in regards to what what you're going to do with your religions. Either they, especially Babylon, either they, you would eventually pick up their culture, their religion, or you would go and create your own little group away from them so that you could stick to what mm-hmm. your, your faith is. Um, but what God has said is be there, contribute to the, you know, to the flourishing of the city, which a lot of Christians mm-hmm. do. Um, but don't mm. be, don't let their culture, don't let that water into your boat. You know, be mm. cleansed by the water of God, but don't let their water come and inundate because it just, it just doesn't mix. Um, so, and that's, mm. it's, that's like, just do the simple practices um, that orient you and position you to be looking towards God. So, you know, a simple one that Daniel did is that he just prayed three times a day <laughs> with his windows facing Jerusalem. Like, um, and so how many Christians are doing that? You're stopping three times a day instead of doing your lunch hour and just eating lunch and having a yarn, you're actually praying. Mm. Right? Three times a day. Some, um, some monks do it seven times a day. It's like you stop in silence before God and you connect with God just to remind yourself that, hey, uh, by the way, everything I'm doing right now is because of him. Whatever that interaction looks like, he is the creator. Mm-hmm. He gives me my strength. Like you, 
you actually make it a point because what's the most important thing we we make time for the most important things in our lives so mm-hmm. um and so that meditation over the word of god you know might be part of that and that connection with god through prayer and then asking for his leading not just like starting in the morning it's like lord it's been a great day lead me and it's like expecting that to sustain you um mm-hmm. the day is contrary to well it is not contrary is really just like a drop in the ocean of what perhaps um Jesus is inviting us to when he says men shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God is that mm-hmm. how much is God talking <laughs> we haven't yet memorized the bible so that's you know we're not we're not even <laughs> you know <laughs> no, that's a good place to start you know like your benchmark is how much is you're talking well have i memorized the entire the entire bible or you know can recall scripture um that mm. kind of thing because you know you you start there and you go well no i actually of my 30 to 60,000 talk, thoughts that i have on average per day um i wonder what the percentage is that is god word you know like that's a really easy mm. um calculable way i guess to measure our godward mm-hmm. focus um you know how much we're being cleansed and washed by the word because it's like to be washed like we go to the bathroom right and then turn on mm-hmm. the tap like, then you wash yourself so it's like a positioning thing right mm-hmm. it is yeah you actually have to put yourself in that position that's a good point <laughs> and i think that um for some people that's they find it hard to find the bathroom <laughs> i find oh it well not find it hard but it's, it's like it sounds illogical doesn't it to like well, in a normal day to do you said it though we overcomplicate things Yeah. It's like it's just like it's it should be as every day a simple part of your routine. Yeah. Like because it's just, just prayer. Oh, well, how long how long should I pray for? What should I be expecting? Like just cut it out. <laughs> uh, keep it simple. Keep it so simple. Yeah, that's oh, I love it recently actually been inspired to get back into the book of Daniel. It's funny you said mentioned that because dude was yeah, like just reading his story it's just like there's a uh, there's definitely a level of fearlessness there but there's also that like you're saying he's caught up in that routine of prayer and scripture potentially reading between the lines. So it's like, "All right, yeah, I'll go stand in the fire." <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. He's fine. He knows he's God. He knows mm. um and I'll I'll send you a link to those um Tim Keller sermons listening to them has made me feel like I need mm. to give my life to the Lord again. <laughs> um but he he's he's very clear as well in the other part of it which 
which is another really weird under under underlying thing that's inside of the church as well. He and he makes it clear. He says the problem with the story of light, of Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in the fire, Daniel and the lions. And the problem with it is the way it's being told is we'll hear it as if you do the right things, if you don't bow down to the powers of this world, if you don't, you know, and you're like faithful to God, he'll rescue you. You will be all right. Mm. But if you actually see, for example, Daniel and the imagery that is within him, this is Tim Keller I'm quoting. This is not my own thinking. I'm, th I'm just like, I'm convicted. <laughs> um, you know, and so he says that if you actually see the, if you actually see the story of Daniel, he is just like Jesus, condemned to death by a ruler of this world. Um, yeah. He trusts in God. But unlike Daniel, he gets death. He gets a sentence. He's also mm. innocent, but he gets sentenced to death. So, um, and, and Jesus is the greater Daniel, <laughs> right? He gets a, a stone rolled over, like essentially just thrown into the tomb, um, into a tomb where it's going to, in death, right? And the stone gets rolled over him like, you shall not come back out of that. Um, and while Daniel comes out, uh, you know, he, he comes out uh, rescued from that, Jesus gets death. So the most innocent man who's ever lived, the most pure man, the most holy man who has ever lived, Daniel was not sinless. Jesus was the only person serving. That guy who should have been rescued, he got judgment from God. Mm. That's not how, like, so, so, like, part of that story as well can't be interpreted as in follow God, follow God, and be faithful um, and be His disciples because you're going to get the best life. And so, mm. it doesn't work like that for Jesus. Like, He went fully stressed. He was, He's like sweating blood. I don't even understand that. Um, <laughs> that level of anxiety like that's insane right um and so yeah. he that's what he gets he gets judgment and um and condemnation so that we might not have condemnation before god mm -hmm. that's insanely mysterious that's amazing in itself and and the repercussions of that are, are, are just awesome so you know, thinking thinking through through stories like that, and just like not not taking you know like what you're saying like a surface level approach to them, like uh, oh yeah, this is you know it's just a virgin Mary. Yeah, Mary, she just became pregnant. Yeah, like it happens every day. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like actually, take time to process because to people that don't know God, um, it's illogical. What yeah, no, it makes no mean? sense. I, you, humans are not we can't just reproduce and so you know that's, mm. this is such a big um, you know such a big box you just open it up and it's like oh mm -hmm. there is more to life you know which is what Jesus was trying to get everybody to go like stop trying to gain the whole world because your soul is created for more um, we've got 15 seconds just remind. Thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll start us off again soon, but 
Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Five, five, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is JL, I'm your host, and I am going to be taking you through a journey of conversations every single time we upload, ranging from all sorts of topics, as well as some reflections from myself. And I want to encourage you with all of these conversations, everything that comes up, to take it to your community group, whoever you're doing life with, and to have the bigger conversation about. The aim of this podcast, obviously, is to take topics and things that would necessarily not have all the time in the world to be talked about and actually expand on it. But I'm sure the conversation goes beyond this. So thanks for tuning in. And feel free to get in touch with me if you have any questions, some stuff you want um, highlighted. I'd love to hear from you. And my hope and prayer with these podcasts and this conversation is that you would follow Jesus in a deeper way and abide in Him now and until forever.